On this episode of Restore It All, we talk about what I think is the biggest advancement in backup and recovery technology during my career, and that's deduplication. I hope you enjoy the episode. You could restore Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my network re-architecture <laughs> engineer, Prasad Amalyani. Hey, Curtis, whatever I could do to keep you safe, you know? You know what's really funny is, like, I, I consider myself a pretty tech-savvy guy. And when we were talking today about what I'm, you know, how I've, I've replaced a bunch of gear and I'm swapping out some stuff and moving some cables around. And then you were like, you were yelling at me. You were like, you can't do that. You can't put the switch on the thing. And I was like, yeah, I can. Like, what are you talking about? And, and it took me like a couple of seconds. And I was like, oh, wait, you're right. I can't, that's not, I can't do that. I can't put my, the switch. I can't put, the router that's going to be my firewall on the same switch as, as your device homeland. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what exactly. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Just another topic that I know just a little bit about. <laughs> I'm a little, I feel a little ashamed that that was, <laughs> but I'm glad I talked to you about you my, go. you know, as, as is the case with many subjects. I'm glad I talked to you about, you know, what I'm up to. Um, yeah. Glad I could help. <laughs> I have successfully purchased and configured for the video for the video watchers. Let's see if it makes it into the camera before the cable runs out. There it is. The Asus AX6600, which is a mesh router. And I got to say, it's much more better than yeah. what I had before. And it's able, I've got two, it's supposed to provide 5,500 square feet, but of course that's, that doesn't include drywall and two yeah. by fours, right? Yeah. It's crazy how much signal degrades going through drywall. Yeah. And the other thing people don't realize is five gigahertz, like degrades, like no tomorrow. Right. Versus like 2.4 gigahertz. Remind me why five gigahertz is better again. <laughs> It's faster because it can handle more bandwidth and also the channel is wider. So you so can have more things talking at the same time. It's just as your frequency goes up, the distance goes down for the same power levels. Right. So is this like DC versus AC? Not quite DC versus AC. It's more about you need to pump as many things as possible into because high frequency, right? It's more per cycle, right? Than 2.4, which right. is less airtime, if you will. Right. Yeah. And so every sort of peak, you can send more out with the five gigahertz because right. you're doing it more often. Right. And so it works a lot better. It's just the distance isn't as great. Now I will tell people, so this is one of my, I'm going to get up on my soapbox now, right? One of my rare soapbox yep. events and tell people, a lot of times people think they need more Wi-Fi access points in their house to get mm -hmm. coverage. Mm -hmm. And to those people, I will say, plan out your network carefully, put your devices where they matter, 
Mm-hmm. And also don't put too many devices and don't crank up the power all the way to high. Because I know, Curtis, you and I were talking about this when you're looking at mesh. And it was like, imagine that your router can overpower your phone, your laptop, your iPad. So it's screaming at the top of its lungs and your phone can barely even scream back at it. And so that's actually worse for your network hmm. and for airtime than I, actually sort of balancing out power. I just don't know if like the stuff you're talking about, like, is that, is that even, is that configuration option even on consumer class router? You'll have sort of the low, medium, high power levels, hmm. uh, but it takes time to fine tune and tweak these, right? You have to walk around with a Wi-Fi analyzer on your phone, right? So Apple hmm. with their uh, iPhones, right? They ship, what is it? Airport utility, which has a Wi-Fi scan option, right. which will show you all the Wi-Fi networks and sort of their signal strength. And you basically have to walk around your house with that and be like, okay, where is it strong? Where is it weak? Right. Yeah. To figure out the placement. And that's the ideal way, because what you want yeah. is you want coverage in the right places, because what you see is in a lot of high density housing areas or even homes next to each other is most people end up with crummy Wi-Fi because their power is turned up so high. It bleeds into everyone else's area such that everyone has a crappy time. Because then you get interference, and then everyone sort of slows down, and then it gets right. worse. Yeah, I got a lot of Wi-Fi. I got a lot of networks. Um, you know, um, yeah. yeah. My, and you know for it, it, and for the last bit, last bit of my soapbox is please, 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 do not use forty megahertz channel widths on your two point four gigahertz channels. You do not need to use forty megahertz and ruin everyone else's connectivity. Please only use 20 megahertz bands for 2.4 gigahertz. Uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I have this new, you know, and again, I am not a wireless, I feel like a wireless noob, but I have this new fancy, right, where it automatically selects mm-hmm. the right. Um, that's pretty point cool. To go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just and that, actually- but also... 2.4 versus 5. Yep. Yeah. So actually, all of this is part of the Wi-Fi standard. So the figuring out which access point, that's part of the 802.11R standard. And I think that the band steering is also part of the standard as well Yeah. that a lot of folks are implementing. Now, some devices don't do well with band steering. It basically looks at sort of the difference between the 5 gigahertz and the 2.4 gigahertz and says, okay, which one should I pick? And most devices, if it's 7 decibels difference or more then it'll pick uh the higher but the faster speed Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how it tricks your devices into picking the right band interesting yeah it's kind of cool um all i know is that i finally have a mesh that covers the two because my problem is that i have things in the garage things embedded inside walls in the garage that need wi-fi not just not just inside walls. I have a device that's inside a wall, inside an electrical cabinet, inside a wall, right? Yep. I have a sense uh, app device. or a, yep. buy, a device, and that's deep inside my electrical, my circuit breaker box. Um, and this reached to it no problem. It yep. didn't. It it had, it had like two bars, right? So clearly, yep. and, and the thing is, it's only it's like twenty feet from here. Right. But it's, you know, a couple of drywall walls and some and two by fours yep. and some metal. Uh, but it worked. That's the important yep. part is that it worked. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I think I think I might be in I think I might be in Wi-Fi heaven for a while. Woohoo! Um, and you too can be there for the low low price of three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> that's a two that's a two node system. Um, and it's supposed like yeah, but I'm pretty happy. But uh, that's not what we're talking about today. Really? We can talk about Wi-Fi all day if you want. Yeah, well, you could talk about Wi-Fi all day. (laughs) I feel really stupid when you're talking about Wi-Fi because I'm like, this is not my bailiwick. That's a cool word, by the way, bailiwick. So I thought we'd talk about backups instead because that's that's my world. (laughs) And I feel comfortable knowing that most people don't know crap about this space uh, because they they you know they get the job as a junior person and then next thing you know they become a a real sysadmin or a network admin or a you know or a security admin or a DBA. Yeah. Well, except our listeners who are all awesome and probably experts in the backup field and know all about this. Well, certainly Daniel. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Daniel. Hi, Daniel, the backup anorak. Um, I wonder. You know, he's never he's never. He better still be listening to the show since we call out to him every once in a while. Him and Stuart. Although Stuart's retired. I don't think Stuart's listening to our show. I only tell him when we talk about him. But um, so we're continuing in our Back Up to Basics series. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, as the kids say, it's been a minute uh, since <laughs> such a I remember the first time I heard that thing. I was like, what are you talking A minute. Anyway. But yeah, it's been a minute since we've done an episode of our Back Up to Basic series. But I am looking down at the book. And of course, uh, for those of you that don't know, basically we're doing a podcast version of my book, Modern Data Protection. Make sure it gets in camera here. From O'Reilly. Uh, you can purchase the uh, the, the print version from uh, your favorite bookseller. Um, perhaps it's one based in the Amazon. Perhaps not. Uh, <laughs> um and uh, but if you would like an ebook version of it, you can get your own <clears throat> by going to druva.com slash ebook. That's D-R-U-V-A dot com slash ebook. They will, of course, ask for your contact information and then email the crap out of you until you tell them to stop. But <laughs> that, is, that is the price that you pay. Um, let's talk about. Oh, and, 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 while, and while we're at it, uh, yeah. I'll throw out the disclaimer. Uh, that this is an independent podcast. And um, uh, I work for Druva. Persona works for Zoom. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, um, but the opinions that you hear are ours um, and um, et cetera. Please rate us uh, by going to your, you know, most of you are on iTunes. Just scroll down to the bottom there. Give us five or six stars and a comment. We love comments. And uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, just contact me, wcurtispreston at Gmail or at wcpreston on Twitter. What about uh, LinkedIn? But Oh, yeah. LinkedIn. Uh, it's linkedin.com slash, what is it? Slash in yeah. slash Mr. Backup. Um, and by the way, my Twitter account already has multi-factor authentication configured, not using SMS, which as should you especially now that they're disabling them. <laughs> so weird the way they did that. What's funny is I support the decision. It's just the, the way they the did way it. The way it came out. Yeah. Oh, Elon. Okay. 
So in our Backup to Basics series, we're continuing on. And today we are talking about using disk and deduplication. You know, I, I um, a couple weeks ago, I hit 30 years in the backup industry and I got interviewed by Chris Meller. Mm-hmm. The and, register, blocks and files. Yeah, it's in his for his block and file um, uh, blog. And one of the questions was what I thought was the most um, important development in the backup industry since I joined. And to me, hands down, it's not even, it's not, there's not <laughs> even a close second. And that is the invention of deduplication. Yep. And because I, I, I can't think of another technology in the backup space that has changed backup architecture more than deduplication. And I can think of many other things that we do that are only possible because deduplication is underneath them. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think we would be able to get, especially with the data growth and the size of these applications. Is data growing? Is it? No, not at all. (laughs) Right. I don't think it would be possible to do like, I know, Curtis, you've talked about previous, like in your early days, right? About trying to do a backup and being like, oh my God, how am I going to do this full backup in a weekend? Right. Yeah. And just with the fact, and I know we'll go and talk about more about deduplication, but yeah, just being able to now do that in a cost-effective way using new ways of actually doing the backups as well, which is enabled with deduplication. Yeah. So it's, it's like disk, you could argue that disk using disk in backups is the bigger uh, advancement, but first off, not really an advancement. It's just, yeah. instead of tape, we're going to use disk. Which was but there to the, start with anyway. It was just yeah. sort of the cost was so high. Right. And especially right. given the type of workload you see with deduplication where, or with backups where you're doing periodic fulls or other things like that and keeping them for long periods of time. Are you going to spend what, 40x or 30x on storage for your backup system versus your production, right? That's right. a hard sell. Yeah, it just, yeah, because that's the problem. So one of the one of the things uh, that I remember from back in the day, like I, I don't remember really thinking about this lately, but back in the day, I would say that for every gigabyte of primary storage, you had 20 gigabytes of backup storage. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to do that with disk, even, you know, even once many years ago, wow, at this point, it's like 20 years ago, but but even once they came out with this idea of using uh, SATA disk yep. instead of or near line storage, disk, right? Yep. Um, that that helped bring the cost down significantly, but but not but not as much as deduplication. Yeah, because even with those price differences, right? Maybe it was half the price. Or a third of the price, but once you add in that twenty x that you talked about, right, Curtis? Yeah. Then that yeah. adds up, and it's not only just the storage cost; it's also you have to account for the power, the cooling, the floor space, right? All the things that go into that system. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. Um, just sort of, just sort of a an afterthought that 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 post that um, that Chris Meller did about. The thirty years, 
the one group that jumped on the article and just started retweeting all kinds of parts of, of or pieces of the article was the tape group <laughs> because I said I said really good things about tape. And and the thing is that um you know I, I you know I, I believe in all of those things, but you know, all of the advancements that I've seen in backup in the last 20 plus years has been disk and deduplication, right? Yep. Um, so let's talk about, so what, so not everybody really understands what deduplication is. Some people used to describe it like, well, it's like compression. Uh, the way I remember, it's like macro compression. Um, it's like compression over time. What do you well, think of that? Uh, I don't quite like that. So, so, right. There may be some old blog posts that I might've said that phrase, but go ahead. So in my mind, right. Deduplication is finding two identical segments and tossing one away, keeping only one copy, but still Mm -hmm. keeping a reference to that. So you can, so you still know you have two virtual copies, but one physical copy. Mm -hmm. Right. At a high level. That's what I, and you. What is compression is taking an object, a singular object, and squeezing it into a smaller space. Right. But how? Do you understand how compression works? Because I sure as hell don't. Yeah. So you typically, like, you would run it through different types of algorithms like LZ compression and all the rest in order right. to look for patterns and throw away bits and compress it down. Now, the difference, I would say, between dedupe and compression, because they do sound the same. Yeah. Right. I would say one of the differences is with deduplication, it's more like a file system level compression, if you want to think of it that way, because it's not just I'm taking this block. Yeah, it's not just I'm taking this and I'm squeezing it down such that it could be, I just need to look at this and figure it out, right? It's a lot more complex than that. It is definitely a lot more complex than compression, right? Um, I've I've, I've just honestly never really dug into the code of how traditional compression works. So the idea is that I'm looking for duplicate segments of data across many places, both from different sources as well as different time periods, right? I'm, yep. I'm comparing the, this chunk of data that's coming in right now in, the, in tonight's backup. I'm comparing it literally with every chunk of data that I've ever received from it, anywhere the- else. I would say that's an ideal system, but not everyone builds their deduplication that way. So, <laughs> right? yeah. Where so it's there, there in, are, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it all goes down to sort of what is your deduplication domain is another term that some people talk about, right? Yeah. Which is, is it limited to a system? Is it limited to a cluster, which might be formed of multiple systems? Right. Or is it limited to sort of a single backup stream coming in? Right. So, so is, there are, is that the question is, what is your data domain? Uh, uh. <laughs> Dedupe domain. <laughs> so let's back up. So as I understand it, right. So basically we're taking the data that's that's coming in or that's going to come in. We're slicing it up into, I like the term chunks, right? right? We run those chunks through a cryptographic hashing algorithm, SHA-1, SHA-256, whatever it, whatever you're using. On the other side of that, we get a alphanumeric value. In the case of SHA-1, it's a 160-bit alphanumeric value. 
so basically you you depending on the algorithm that you use you get a um you get an alphanumeric value at the end and the size of that val of that value is going to be based on which algorithm you use in the case of shell 1 it's 160 bits right and you can then take the 160 bits you can't reverse engineer it you can't take the 160 bits and turn it into the chunk but you can use that that value to uniquely identify that chunk and so yep. if you have another chunk of data regardless of where it came from if it's 160 bit value again that's sha1 and other yep. values are different if it's fingerprint is the same you can say that this chunk is identical to that other yep. chunk that had the same fingerprint and you can then discard the other chunk right the the, the yeah, new chunk you can right you can discard the actual data but you should still keep track of it somewhere of course in a file system just because you need still need to yeah you're going to keep track you know, we found another one of these right and so usually that lookup is in a deduplication index is what they call them usually yep. a dedupe index right yep. which keeps a list of hey here are all the fingerprints that i have right as we, we were alluding to before, one of the things that determines sort of your effectiveness of, of dedupe is the dedupe domain, right? So I've seen it file system level, meaning it only looks for duplicate data within each volume. I've seen it host level. I've seen it backup level, meaning mm -hmm. literally backup configuration wise, right? So if I, if I have a Windows server and I'm backing up the host and I'm backing up SQL server, I only look for duplicates within SQL Server backups, right, against yep. each other. Uh, then we have, um, if we're backing up several systems to a box, right, maybe that the dedupe domain is only within that box. It's only looking for uh, duplicates between all of that. And then mm -hmm. there's what I would call truly global dedupe, which is we're looking for duplicates from everything that's coming in uh, yep. from multiple sources, right? Mm -hmm. um, there is a point of decreasing marginal returns, right? You can argue, and certainly if you're a company that only does dedupe within, like earlier I was, we only look for dupes within SQL Server backups. Yep. You could make an argument that, well, there's not a lot of duplicate data between SQL Server and Windows, Yep. right? So, so even though we're not comparing the two, there's not, there's not going to be a lot of duplicate data there, and there's not going to be a lot of duplicate data between the SQL Server database on this host and the SQL Server database on that host. Yeah. So that's another argument that some make. But, but I think a lot of that was because of architectural limitations of the products themselves rather yeah. than that is really what you wanted to do, right? They, because that's they, more they of a management yeah. issue. They didn't. It was like... It was like, well, if we're going to do it, if we're going to do it that way, it's going to be much harder to, yeah. to, to design a product to do it that way. And we don't think, we don't think that there's going to be that much more benefit. Yep. Um, but on the other hand, if you look at things like VMware, right, if I have a bunch of VMs, right, there's a good chance. And they all came from a single golden image, right? There's a good mm -hmm, chance mm -hmm. that as you're backing it up. 80, 90% of that stuff is all going to be deduplicated. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of duplicate data, even within like a large filer, right? There's going to be lots of duplicate data there, right? So if you're only doing it volume to volume or 
backup configuration to backup configuration. You, there's a lot of duplicate data that I think you would you would miss. Yeah. Um, the, I know yeah. you talked about the domains, but I think another thing to also mention is some products do different types of chunking, if you will. Some do it at the file level. Others do it at sort of a smaller level. Right. And some yeah. do sort of fixed segment where each one is sort of a fixed length. Others do sort of variable segments where they try to figure out what is optimal, because right. depending on how you're doing your fingerprinting, right, you want to find the most number of matches. Right. So you can save right. on storage. And so right. that's another I, thing that also comes up. I would argue that file level dedupe isn't really dedupe. <laughs> it's more a single instance. Yeah. Right. Um, that's like single instance storage of a file, you know. Yep. Okay, it, it's yeah, but so I'm I'm always thinking subfile uh, when I think yep. about what I think of actual dedupe. There is a much like a very big uh, other way that we divide up the dedupe industry, and that is source versus target. Yep. Right. Um, the um, the first dedupe product I ever saw hydro store which was uh no was not no <laughs> it was not the first no the first one i saw the product at the time was called undo have we talked about this mm -mm. undo with two o's it was really funny that the name of a dedupe vendor had duplicate data in their company name <laughs> it was undo with two o's <laughs> you know this product you just don't know that that's what it used to be called what is it? What I'll is give you a, I'll give, I'll give you a hint. It, the, the name comes from the fact that it, it would be a sea of availability. I'm going to, I'm going to put the, the Jeopardy theme in here. Donda. What would it <laughs> sea of availability? Sea of, that's what the name, that's where the name for the company comes from. Or if I want to put it in the right order, an availability C. I don't know what this is. Avamar. Oh. No, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's where the name Avamar came from. So the, the first source I should know that. <laughs> you, you should know that. I having being uh, part of my former employer. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I have a bit of an inside track because that they're they were right up the road from me, right? Yep. They're up there. They were up in Irvine, um, and that was uh, the first dedupe product. They were a source dedupe. So, what's the difference between source dedupe and target dedupe persona? So the biggest one is so. Let's first talk about target dedupe, right? So target dedupe is. Data comes into the system, and then a deduplication algorithm runs, tosses away data. It can support any type of client as long as it supports whatever the protocol it has. So if it's NFS or SMB, right, whatever can write to it, the data gets deduped. Hang on, hang on before you go on to that. I don't disagree with what you said. I just I think there could be a little bit more clarification. It's a box that I send whatever I want to. Right. Typically, it, the thing about target dedupe was that um, that it was you didn't have to do a lot of reengineering. Well, seamless. Backup system, yeah. Right. It's like it, a VTL system, right? That came plug in. in a box. Yeah, and you would send you 
it's basically you stop using tape and you sent your backups to this box. Maybe the box might even be pretending to be a tape library, the virtual yep. tape library. Right. Um, and then it did all the dedupe magic over there. Um, yep. yeah. Which was great because you can just plug in your box and go. Yeah. Now the other side is called source ID dupe. Instead of sending all the data and tossing it away, why don't we do something smart and actually figure out the duplicates on the client itself on the source right dedupe on the source and only send the unique data and this has the advantage of actually not sending the data over the wire which is actually right. a huge benefit that people don't right. understand always right yeah. is not sending the data can actually make it a lot faster even though you think oh i'm now putting additional load on my server itself but it ends up being better than trying to send all the data and just tossing it away like target site well it's I would say it theoretically should be better, <laughs> right? Uh, because you, I, right, no, I'm just saying I've seen some crappy source dupe yeah. systems, right? Okay, sorry, um, I've seen some. I've seen some good ones, or the ones that I've interacted yeah. with have been good, and yeah. so I've seen the performance numbers around turning. Yeah, out. I, I do think it it makes more sense to me. It always made more sense to me. The only reason why we had target dedupe was because to do source dedupe, you have to redesign the backup product. Right. Yep. It took a long time to get to get uh, basically you have to stop using NetBackup Network or yep. TSM, whatever it was back in the day. And you had to replace it, like in this case, with Avamar. Avamar was yep. a source dedu product. You had to do what we call a forklift upgrade. You had to throw out the baby with the yep. bathwater, whatever free, whatever, <laughs> you know, you want to use uh, yep. analogy you want to use there. That was the main problem, as I saw it with source dedu. Right. Is that is that. You, you had to change your backup product to get it. Well, but and that was in the there, beginning, right? At the very the be early days. Well, yeah. Well, you, you, well, yeah. Now you just had to, had to upgrade your backup product, right? Yeah. Because many of modern backup technologies now support source dedupe. Although yep. even some newer backup technologies don't. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if that came out in English. <laughs> some, I, there was some double negatives in there. Some newer, very new backup technologies don't do source dedu, which seems bonkers. Which does seem bonkers. Um, I, you know, and um, I'm talking about the likes of Rubric and Cohesity, right? These are new. These are you know next gen backup products that were designed in the last less than the last 10 years, right? And it's based on an appliance model and they do all the dedupe inside that box is my understanding, right? And I just want to challenge that, Curtis, because I thought in some cases mm -hmm. they do do source-side deduplication, but I think because they've tried to be open and act as a target device, in those cases you can't, like you don't really have another option. Yeah, I I don't. Well, again, I'm not. I, but know, I don't know I the details. At, yeah, I work at Druva, not at Rubric, uh, or or Cohesity. But it is my understanding that they do target side dedupe, which is and and one of the challenges of target side dedupe is you need an appliance at each location. Now I know that they can do virtual appliances, right? So they have a they have a VM level appliance, uh, but you need a box or something pretending to be a box at each location, because if you're not eliminating the duplicates before you send it to the box, 
um, yep. then you need you need something that's on prem, right? Yeah, because um, you definitely don't want to send that all over the WAN. <laughs> no, no, that's the to me that's the biggest advantage of a source GDUP system is that it's ultimately scalable, right? Yep. That you that assuming assuming it doesn't slow things down, assuming assuming all these things, assuming that the product actually works, um, that you um, you can back up a laptop. Yeah. Right, you can back up a mobile phone, and the the duplicate data would be eliminated before it's sent over the WAN, which is what you need to do if you're backing up something over the internet. Mm-hmm. Right, um, yeah. and um, so the the downside that some you know again you 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 talked about it already is that it does put additional compute requirement on the client, but the argument is that it's offset by the the savings, um, the savings of the network bandwidth, right? Yeah. Um, there is also one more downside. Okay. Which is that not all applications can do source-side deduplication. So if you do have an application which only supports writing to like an NFS mount point or an SMB mount point, or something yep. that doesn't allow the integration of these or source ID duplication logic, then you are going to need to be able to support targets ID. Yep. Uh, agreed. Um, and an example of that would be like um, uh, Oracle, right? Yep. Right. Incremental um, merge. <clears throat> yeah. Um, although I would think that you should be able to, I don't know. We could, we could talk no, about you this can't, all day. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't take the Oracle stream and slice it and dice it. I don't know. Did you? What? Sorry, you could. Um, there are companies out there which give, which provide a virtual file system interface oh, that okay. lives on so the you, client. You fake it. You fake it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, and then I've got something called hybrid dedupe, and this this was invented by your former employer. I don't uh, know what a hybrid dedupe is. <laughs> it's 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 target dedupe pretending to be source dedupe. It's boost. D-dupe. Oh, see, here's my okay. So here's my problem is, I think boost, uh huh, is source side deduplication. I don't know if it, I would call it hybrid because. It is very similar to what Avamar did, right? It's moving the deduplication logic to the client Mm -hmm. such that you could do all of the computation, the same thing that we have talked about with source-side deduplication. Uh, I'll tell you why I put it in a different category. To me, hybrid dedupe is redoing the backup software. I'm sorry, source dedupe. True source-side deduplication, it's done at the backup software level. Okay. Right. I'm, then I agree. with with okay. with hybrid dedupe. I'm still dumb sending everything to this source dedupe thing that's going to redo it. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. In the end, you get you get the roughly benefits. the same benefits. Yeah. Right. Um, that's what. Uh, okay. DDoop so with hybrid, source. yeah, you get the benefits of source without having to upgrade and or sorry, throw away your backup software. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, we spent most of this time talking about dedupe. Um, there are a bunch of different ways to use disk in your backup system. 
some of which don't really require dedupe, right? We used to do what we call disk caching, where you just had enough disk for last night's backup. You would back up to disk, and then you would copy that to tape, and then you would hand that to a man in a van. Uh, then we got a bunch of different things. I got D to D to T, D to D to D, D to D, D to C, and D to D to D to C. <laughs> I do all that. So disk to disk to tape, disk to disk to disk, direct to cloud, and disk to disk to cloud, right? So these are all ways that people use disk in current backup systems. Um, to me, D, D to C or disk to disk to cloud is really disk to disk to disk. It's just the cloud is, or the disk yeah, is being run by the cloud, yeah. right? And I will say that without, dedupe, by the way, I will say that without dedupe, the, the whole thing of using the cloud the way we use the cloud just wouldn't work. I mean, you can't send full backups to the cloud. I mean, you could. You could. With unlimited but it would be, bandwidth. Yeah. Well, and yeah, with unlimited bandwidth, it would just be expensive, right? Just going back to the conversation we had earlier about the WAN, right? You don't want to send full copies out to over the WAN. Right. Right. Um, because that gets expensive and very slow. Um, the other one I was going to comment on was, uh, oh, I know we've been talking about disk, but I think it's also important to acknowledge that now it's no longer spinning disk. It could also be flash. Right. We've uh, seen. Uh, yeah. But I know. That's a whole I know, other thing. I, I, I know. I, but I'm just saying that when it comes to deduplication and backup or protection storage. Right. This it could be flash, it could be disk, it could be object storage. Right. So I think it's important to differentiate that, like what we're talking about with deduplication when we mentioned disk, right? Yeah, the media layer it itself. Tape. Yeah. The media <laughs> layer, yes. The media layer is not tape. Right, right. Hang on one second. Um I need to didn't realize I had a I had a um, meeting here. Meeting at four. If, yeah, four. Well, four fifteen, which is an odd. Um, all right. It's a. It's a pre-meeting with a podcast thing it's mm. um anyway um so uh yeah so okay <laughs> you know i just, hate just, the idea of flash i know using I know, flash I know. I'm and backup just, i i'm just saying that people will bring it up so i just want to clarify that yeah. when we talk about disc we're just talking about not tape the only place yeah correct the only place where i think maybe Flash has a place in the backup system is, and you know, all the, you know, the folks over at Pure and the other guys, they're all mad at me now, right? But uh, the only place that I, where I think Flash has a place in the backup system is with like live recover stuff, hmm. right? If you're going to do, yeah. if you're going to do instant recovery and you're actually going to run VMs off of your backups, that better be some really nice performing disk. Yeah. But the thing is, it doesn't need to be your whole system. It just needs to be yeah. like the most recent a copy. Part, part of it. And it needs to, you don't need your entire system to be flash, right? Yeah. You just, just need a, yeah. enough to be able to support that use case. I, I just think that where flash does really, really well is in random access, right? Backup isn't a random access application. 
Backup is a streaming application. Even if what we're talking about is large dedupe chunks. I don't know. Let's just say say the jury is out for me. I I am in Missouri. Missouri? Is that that the show me state? That's the show me state, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I tell you what. I tell you what. If there's anybody that's listening to this that just got pissed off. (laughs) What's his name? I'll come back on. I welcome you to come on and tell me why I'm wrong. I, I just, I, I, you know, I bet I know who will come back on, you know, who, who, who will come back on. Uh, what's his name? Fast data guy. Uh, oh, oh, are, are they flash? Yeah. Mark. Um, no, sorry. Howard, uh, Howard. Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Fastest Howard pure Marks. flash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, yeah. Howard. Uh, you want to tell you want to tell me why I'm wrong? Uh, I'm more than happy to have you back. We can duke it out. We can duke it. Out. Wouldn't be the first time Howard and I have have disagreed on something. I don't know. It's just it's just there are so many area. There are so many other places where I would want to spend money in the backup system. Yeah. Um. And but um, but I think it also comes down to what the cost is, right? If you could get Flash yeah. down to a low enough point, that which is sense. the point of vast data. Right, yeah. their architecture allows using Flash in a, a you know a significant way. Yeah, that's that's why I brought it up. Uh, close to cost. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Mm. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, and then I got this whole other thing. I'm not going to go into that other thing. Um, but yeah. So dedupe dedupe makes disk and and cloud based products both physiologically feasible as well as economically feasible. Right. Um, and is there, hmm? is there something that a person shopping for a dedupe system should be asking? Like what are the important things that they should be asking in order to determine sort of, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think the, the question would be things about, what's the restored performance? Because in the end, that's the only thing that matters. I remember a product. Now this product is still on the market, but I believe, I believe they have addressed this, this issue. I remember a dedupe product. It was a target dedupe product that had, uh, I remember that had 400 megabytes a second throughput in to an appliance. And like 10 megabits out? It was for it was forty it was forty uh, megabytes out. It had a ninety percent what we call dedupe tax, right? Yep. That the because the problem with dedupe, depending on how you store it, is that you've got everything you need all over the place, all right? over the place. Yep. Yeah, and so this was just a really, really, really bad design, and um, uh, I believe that they addressed it, and. Um, because that product is still on the market today, but that version one of that product was mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's about restored performance, right? So w- one thing, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, dedupe ratio is crap. Don't look at dedupe ratio. Dedupe ratio is a made up number. Um, I will, um, I'll, I'll go back to, I'll pick on Avamar. Avamar back in the day, they used to say oh. they had a 400 to one dedupe ratio. Do you remember this? 
because they basically considered every backup as a full backup. They're like, the way we store backups, which is the same way Druva stores backups. The way we store backups, it's like, even though they're incremental, it's like they're a full, right? Because they behave like a full during a restore. And so they considered every backup a full. And so they said, well, then therefore the dedupe ratio is 400 to one. Well, that was always complete nonsense. Um, the other would be, I remember, uh, again, I'm going to pick on people equally. I remember sales reps of a certain large target dedupe company that where you might've worked, where they would tell customers <laughs> to go and do full backups more frequently because it made their dedupe ratio better, <laughs> which is just, again, nonsense. What matters, in my opinion, what matters is how big is a full backup versus how big are all the backups, right? So if I have, if I have, let me, let me explain what okay. I'm saying. If I have a hundred terabytes, if, if one full backup of my environment is a hundred terabytes and then after three months, how big is, or whatever number you want. Uh, but just three months seems like a, a nice long, yeah. um, what do you call it? Uh, Attention. POC thing, right? Yeah. Um, after a hundred, after, you know, three months, how big, how much stuff is stored over there? That's what I'm saying. Don't, dedupe ratios is nonsense. That, that, that didn't come out in English. Dedupe ratios are nonsense. But if I can fit a hundred terabytes, right? If I have a hundred terabyte environment and then a series of incremental backups, and then over there, my question is how big is that? How much data did I write to disk? And let's say it's, it's, it's 200 terabytes after 90 days. And then compare that with another product who writes a hundred terabytes. You backed up the same data, but you used half as much storage on the back end. That's what I'm saying. The the, the problem is, and the the other reason, and again, I'm a little extra sensitive to this because I work for Druva. People ask us, what's our, what's our dedupe ratio? We're like, well, the thing is, we're like the opposite of Avamar. Well, we're actually similar to Avamar in that we're source-side dedupe, but we don't use that funny math. So we could say yeah. 400 to 1, but that's nonsense. So, you know, we say, well, we take, because because we also do incremental forever backups. That's yeah. that's the problem, right? So, yeah. um, but I know that on average, if we have a 100 terabyte customer, we store, you know, roughly a year's worth of backups in less than hundred terabytes of disk. Yeah. And I think it's important there to also account for that increment. Like how I look at these like numbers, I totally get what you said, Curtis, like you should just do an apples to apples. But if you don't have that ability, you should also look to say, okay, I have a hundred terabyte full and then say my daily change rate is 2%. Right. So if I do 2% for a month, right, that's what is that? uh, Two sixty. 60 more terabytes, right? So it should be 160 terabytes worth of data that I sent over, right? For 160 terabytes worth of data, how much should I actually store? Right, which yeah, will give you okay. similar things right. to what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah. But the, the, Because what you're saying is if you had the two products, then you could do a direct comparison. But I'm saying if you don't have the two products, then here's another way you could look well, at it. Well, I would argue that there's no way to compare them if you don't have two products. If, you, if, yeah. if you're not doing a true comparison, right? Um, it's just, it's just yeah. that dedupe math is funny, right? So different products charge differently, right? You look at, um, 
like when you look at Metallic, which competes with Druva, they have a front-end price and we have a back-end price. They have they actually have the front-end price and then you also need to pay for the back-end storage, right? So you're paying. So how do you how do you compare that? Um, yeah. It's it's just it's difficult. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, but I, all I'm saying is dedupe ratio is crap. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Um, yeah. But what does matter is how much data are you storing on that back end? Because you will be paying for that one way or the yeah. other. All right. I don't know if we made this, if we if, if this is clear as mud or what, but uh, I hope that was helpful. And uh, maybe we, maybe we ticked off Howard and Howard's going to come on next week's episode. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Join well, us, thanks Howard. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for helping me with my network as well. So anytime, Curtis. Just right. remember, I am not tech support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, and thanks to the listeners. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good.